Hi and welcome to the Village Traders Podcast. I'll be hosting Jamalan Zidane. This podcast is aimed at helping new and experienced traders navigate the markets and other traders. My guest today is Redwan Mola, head of Think Market South Africa. How are you doing, man? Hey, very good, and you? Good, good, man. Uh, thank you, thank you for borrowing us your time. Um, so let's just get straight into it, man. Um, what was your interest into the financial markets, and just give us a background story of how how it all started to to now. Um, <laughs> that's actually a very interesting question. Uh, it's been a very, very long time. Uh, what's it? It's been more than 15 years that I actually got introduced to the financial markets. Um, I actually got into it by mistake. Uh, if I can put it that way, <laughs> I used to actually be, uh, be in the call centers, uh, as a call center manager for a, a blue bank, um, and there was a position that came up at a, within that blue bank, um, with a Australian gentleman who was trying to do online share trading and believed that this was going to be the future. And he was trying to have his entire business set up, you know, the service side of it. Um, and he liked what I could do and he, he really liked the way I was passionate about things. But the scary thing is, is at that time, I didn't even really know what the JSC stood for. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I knew what the JSC was, but I had no idea what it even stood for. I didn't know how a share worked. I didn't know what investing was. You know, I mean, we come from that old school where, I mean, we grew up during the, you know, the apartheid times. And, you know, our parents weren't even at that time knowing what banking was. So, yeah, I was. I just learned about banking and everything else. And suddenly this guy wanted me to come and learn about shares and this and investing and everything else. And I was like, I'll never forget my first reaction to him was, um, yeah, I don't know about this thing. I mean, it just doesn't seem for me. And he told me, he said, listen, what I'll do is I'm going to give you two weeks. You come sit here with me for two weeks and you decide. And I never forget. I sat there with him for two weeks and in that two weeks, he never he never told me about the intricacies. He never went into detail. He never he never ever went into, you know, things that were going to be over the top of my head or anything like that. And he just spoke about, you know, how, well, this is how shares work. And this is what the stock market does. And this is actually what the JAC really does. And, you know, and, and we went through those type of things. And it caught my attention. And I was, I was hooked from the... And uh, yeah, so I joined them, um, ended up building the largest stockbroker in South Africa, along with another colleague you know very well, Simon Brown. Um, yeah, I mean, we worked together for many, many years. And we, yeah, the next thing we knew, we had the biggest and largest stockbroker in South Africa. But um, the thing was, is that that growth, and, and we've kept that going throughout our, our careers, both me and Simon, it's been about how do we actually educate people in, when it comes to not just trading, but investing as well. Mm-hmm. What, and, and keeping it simple. You know, we, we forget that we many a times use, use a lot of jargon and a lot of words that most people don't even understand. Mm-hmm. And when a person is interested in trading and investing, you know, using those big words, many a times just throws them off. So it's something that, I, like I said, I learned from the beginning, thanks to the gentleman that, was, that introduced me into this. And the one thing that I did do is, I mean, obviously, it, immediately I started learning. I had to literally now sit down and once, but once he got my attention on it, 
yeah, it was about starting. And uh, the very first thing I started was actually investing and uh, started buying some shares. Uh, back then, you literally only had an ETF like Satrix 40. There weren't many exchange-traded funds around. But I started out, uh, bought, bought a couple of shares. Um, and if you go back to any interviews that I've had with Simon, uh, you'll notice that uh, my favorite share used to be MTN. And that was because I bought it at a very, it was my first share I bought and it grew phenomenally, you know, at that time. So yeah, that's uh, and that's just a brief overview of where I've been and what I've done, but it's been yeah, more than 15 years right now that I've been investing myself. And on top of that, uh, continuously still learning about investing and trading. Yeah. Um, um, when, when did you start see, um, um, uh, looking to take uh, opportunities or advantages of the fluctuations in the markets to kind of like short, um, uh, trade shorter as distinct from um, long-term, long-term investing? Wow. <laughs> well, you, you, you've asked a very nice question. So uh, back when we were trading, uh, and Simon, obviously, you know, I started learning a lot of trading, believe it or not, from Simon. And we started, I started trading in warrants uh, before, I mean, back then, like I said, we're talking now again, more than 10 years plus. I started trading in warrants. Uh, there was single stock futures, but it wasn't really much, you know, it wasn't really that big at the moment. And warrants was a nice thing. And I'll never forget one of the first trades I did on a warrant. It was on a, uh, it was a put warrant, which was obviously, a, you know, uh, the price, it's shorting basically. So the share price had to go down mm-hmm. and I didn't realize that I didn't read the warrant name properly. And yeah, I was sitting and I've traded this warrant and I thought I'd literally gone into a call, but in the meantime, I'm seeing the share price go up and I'm losing money. And I'm wondering what is going on here? I mean, this can't be right. What, what the heck? And I thought the market maker who believe it or not was the same people I was working for they were doing some price manipulation or something here. <laughs> How could I be losing money? Anyway, long story short, figured it out. Guess what? You were, you were actually in the wrong warrant. And that day was actually very, very, believe it or not, for me, it was always a very good lesson. <laughs> Sorry about that. But it was actually the most important lesson actually for me. So I was very glad it was a mistake. And I always say to anybody who starts trading, please, first things, be prepared to pay school fees. And that was my school fees. It was to say, you know what, before you just go and place a trade, you got to make sure that you know what you're trading. Mm-hmm. So and you click on the right buttons. Exactly. What am I clicking? You know, every single, uh, I think myself, Simon, you as well, we always tell clients, please, the first thing is switch off one-click trading. Uh, and, and that is because of that lesson. Um, so, yeah. But during my early days of trading, yeah, it was warrants, barrier warrants. Ooh, that was exciting. Um, it was really, really exciting back then. And then, yes, I, I, I never ever got into the single stock future phase. I, I just don't know why. But eventually, once single stock futures here in South Africa changed, you know, and became CFDs, I then started going into CFDs. Um, obviously, the, the the thing for me was I was never I was never one of the technical analysis fundies. I had learned a lot of fundamental analysis. So what I did was I actually took my strategy of uh, understanding, you know, fundamentals better than technicals. I used that to my benefit. And what I started, when I started trading in CFD shares, 
I actually used to use uh, what we call dividend stripping as my, my strategy. So that was a nice way. I mean, when, you know, when shares pay a dividend, you want it, uh, obviously, once they declare the dividend, obviously the share price goes up by that dividend amount. Mm-hmm. And then once the dividend is paid, or sorry, I shouldn't say paid, once it's on LDT, the last day to trade, um, it normally drops by that dividend. Mm-hmm. Now, you hoping to catch it, obviously, you know, the price in between that so that your profit is actually the dividend that is paid. Uh, so did you, did you go long before the LTD date and short at yes. the LTD? No, just used to go long. So just going long, um, but you go long before LDT. So from the time the share price, so let's, I'll give you a nice example. If, uh, let's say the share price is at 100 rand and the dividend is declared of 5 rand. Okay, mm-hmm. so the share price should go from 100 rand to 105 after you know uh, declaration date. Okay, mm-hmm. then what you do is from the time that it's gone up by that five rand, you monitor that share price throughout the the, the, the time frame till LDT, and what you're trying to see is does it come back down to 100 rand or maybe even below 100 rand? Okay, mm-hmm. and grabbing that opportunity to buy the share. Okay. Obviously, knowing that that share price, you should be seeing some sort of an increase in the share price, hopefully, because the company's results are also quite good. So, you know, it's a matter of taking that fundamental analysis of everything of the company to say, well, look, the company's doing well, it's declared a good dividend, all of these type of things. Anyway, so you're looking just for that little fluctuation. Maybe the market, there was something that happened in the market in its sector or something that caused it to drop. So maybe buying the share, let's say, at 100 rand, okay? When LDT comes, you're hoping that the share doesn't drop from 100 Rand now to 95 Rand because of that 5 Rand dividend. Oh, got you. So if the share, literally what you're hoping for is the share, you bought it at 100 Rand, let's say it goes up to 102, 103 even, or maybe it goes back to 105 during that time. Come LDT, the next day I get my dividend paid to me. So I get the 5 Rand dividend and I close out my position then hopefully at 100 Rand again. So whatever price I bought it at, I want to close it out at, and my profit is that dividend. And that was dividend stripping. Oh, nice. Do you, do you still take advantage of the, um, the, I think I could call it an arbitra- uh, dividend arbitrage as well? Yes. So uh, this year has, has been very tough uh, because companies just don't want to pay dividends, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been, a, yeah, it's been a bit tough. Uh, using my dividend strategy this year. Last year was a fantastic year, believe it or not, for me with dividend stripping. Um, and then this year, it's been a lot tougher. So this year, a lot of my strategy has switched. I, especially when it comes to technicals, like I said before, I've never ever been a strong technical analysis person. So I use, I, I've literally started using more of the technical analysis tools that are available to me. Um, even following you, following yourself, uh, following you, following Simon, just, you know, on the webinars and the likes and just getting my knowledge, my technical analysis knowledge a lot better and just seeing where you are, where you guys are also finding some gaps in the markets where we could trade. So as much as I've been in this industry, like I say, for 15 odd plus years, I still learn from everyone else around me and technical analysis I know is one of my weaker points. So I still learn quite a bit on there. Yeah. Yeah. And fundamental is fundamental analysis is my weakest point. So I just choose to ignore. <laughs> uh, but then if, if there's, there is a bit of like um, obvious kind of fundamental analysis that I could kind of uh, 
join with my technical analysis i do kind of look into into that but primarily my key focus is always has been um technical analysis even before i've been trading this complicated not so not too complicated though um trading uh, um setups yeah um you know that's that is actually one of the best blends i think around if you can if you can take your fundamentals and technicals and blend them together i think you're going to find that your trading is going to be a lot more successful um yeah. and 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 like you rightfully said i mean you're one of the few people i know that has what like 30 40 positions out there uh on trades uh different start <laughs> all different shares but you manage it exceptionally well so you know obviously you, you your strategy has been working it's been working very good yeah, and, and one of the key components that enables me to take so many trades without being hit, because, you know, on the closed position, I've been hit quite a lot, uh, but without necessarily, you know, going underwater or just cleaning out my account has always been risk management. I always, you know, I'm, I'm very strict on, on, on that because I don't want to, if I'm going to take 100 trades, I want to lose as little as possible. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Uh, that is, uh, that's well done. Can you tell us a bit about Think Markets and the when did it enter the South African market and how's the entry been into into because I understand it's an Australian based firm? So Think Markets, yeah, the parent company is actually in Australia. Um, but let me just give you I'll give you a quick brief little history behind them. So it was a company that was started more than 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, officially 10 years, you know, the first, once they got their very first license and everything in Australia was, uh, believe it or not, just over 10 years now. And the two uh, founders, as well as who are currently the two CEOs, their names are Numan and Faizan. They are really, really some, uh, some amazing entrepreneurs. Traders, they were traders, worked for the big, big corporates and the likes. And their entire philosophy was that they just were tired of um, the way corporates were pretty much milking people, you know, of their money and everything else. And they decided to start something on their own and they, they wanted to create something which would offer exceptional value to customers. And this thing has just literally ballooned, um, you know, and it's grown phenomenally. So as much as it started out in Australia, it's obviously in the UK, Australia. We are in Asia as well, various countries in Asia, including China, Japan, and the likes. Uh, we are in Dubai. And then obviously we are also now in South Africa as well. So South Africa, we officially, and, and there's one very important rule that, I, that I've really, really loved. And I think all customers will love as well. The CEOs, both of them are exceptionally I don't know how to actually word this, but for them, the most important thing is you adhere to the regulations of the country mm -hmm. and you go beyond those because you need to make sure that there's trust built between you and your customers. So in 2019, uh, I think markets obviously applied and got their licenses that they needed to start running the business. Um, they've also, and you can verify this on the FSCA's websites as well. We're one of those companies that are applying for what we call an ODP license. And we are allowed to actually trade in derivative products that we offer. Um, we've gone, like I say, beyond that 
in the sense that we'd not only adhere to all the usual FICA and, you know, AML and all the different acts out there, but most importantly, like I say, we adhere to the, the regulatory uh, environment here in South Africa. But because of us being a regulated entity also in the UK, as well as in Australia, where the regulations are a lot stricter, we pretty much have made sure that we you know, conform to the most strict regulations of all three. Um, and we keep it that way. Cool. So, we, you know, that, that was the thing. And the big thing of Think Markets, like I say, and the reason why I joined them was that the first rule is we make sure that we provide value and service to our customers. Now, that has been something which we have tried. I mean, I personally have been doing and have been trying to do at many of my previous jobs that I've had. The unfortunate sad thing is, is that they've all been with the, the big corporates. So your red, blue and turquoise banks, I should uh, say. <laughs> um, what has happened is that we, we came in and we started and we started offering value. I mean, at the big blue bank, we were the, we, we started with brokerage and all that happened every single year, we used to drop the brokerage. But then unfortunately, as we all know with corporates, you know, the greed comes in. And the next thing we know, all of these fees have just been going up and up and up. Same happened at Red, same happens at Turquoise and the likes. It's, they, they've seen it more now as the fact. So they've seen this potential in, in trading and investing by teaching people and helping them. But the problem is that they've lost the first, the first rule, which is provide value. And what we're seeing is costs are just going up and up and up on everything. And it's eating away at people's investments. It's eating away at people's trading uh, profits. And this is not what Think Markets is about. We're not here to, whether I'm here or not, there isn't gonna, that, that value is not gonna change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I've, I've, I've seen in, on your website that there's different, there's, there's different accounts that one can have. There's a, you know, a, mm -hmm. Uh, the, the Think Zero, the Standard Account, the Islamic, and with the platforms as well, there's uh, um, uh, the, the Think Trader and MT4 and 5. What are some of the differences um, uh, with those accounts, if there's any? Yes, no, there's actually some uh, big differences between the two. So if you were to look at, say, the accounts, um, the Think Zero account, what we did was we actually looked at creating a, you know, the FX trading. So there's, there's a huge, I mean, we all know the, the FX market is, what's it, trillion dollar market. Um, you know, it's the largest trading market. People love trading in it. And, you know, there's a good way to do it and there's a bad way. I mean, you, you either go through unregulated entities around here in the world who promise you millions. I mean, and, uh, you know, nobody ever makes that type of money just like that in a month. Or you do it properly through somebody like a Think Markets, you know, regulated properly entity, which is doing it the right way. I mean, the minister recently even made some comments on some of these brokers who are doing FX trading in a very unregulated and wrong way. But anyway, the Think Zero account, what it is, is designed for that type of a person. Person wants to trade in metals, that wants to trade in Forex. What we actually do with that account is we provide you with literally the raw bid and offer. Okay, the raw pricing we're getting from all our liquidity providers, and what we do is we give it to you. We then don't. So, so there's no there's no spread. Literally, I mean, the spread starts from zero on your major currencies. So you literally have a zero spread. And what we do is we charge a fixed commission on that. So it 
you get charged roughly, I think it is $3.5 per lot um, that you're trading, but there's no cost in your spread. So it's designed for, for people that want to be in the FX and metal market, but ultimately they want a fixed cost. Oh, okay. You know, they, they don't want any variation in that spread. Um, and that there. So they just want a fixed cost. That's what it, the thing zero account is. Then the, uh, the standard account is the account which you use. Uh, straightforward, normal. That's designed actually for everyone who wants to trade. It's a nice, simple thing. Um, we zero, there's no commissions on that account literally right now. Um, so you're not paying commissions <laughs> like, you know, on CFD shares. Uh, there's no commissions on our indexes. There's no commissions on the FX side and those type of things. Um, and that standard account, then you can have that in and you can choose your platform. So the Think Trader platform is our in-house platform, obviously. Uh, it's the one which you guys use. I know uh, it's, it's most probably, honestly speaking, from an app point of view, it's actually one of the ones that has won awards worldwide. But it's one of the best apps, I won't lie, that I've seen. And the reason I say that is because it's simple and it's not a complicated app. You don't need to be the most advanced trader to understand how that app works. But at the same time, we also know that clients want an MT4 and MT5. So that's the reason why we have the MT4 and MT5 platform as well. Oh, okay. uh, for me, it, it's, it's all about choice. You know, you can use either one. You're not going to get charged differently on any one. Um, the only difference between your MT4, MT5 platform and the TT one is when it comes to CFD shares, obviously uh, our thing trader has got everything. Uh, MT4 and MT5, unfortunately, we, you know, depending on what the, the owners of MT4 and MT5 allow, we can't have all the shares listed on there. So you may find that some shares are not on MT4 and MT5, but it will be on your thing trader. Oh, okay. But I can still, if, if I choose to um, trade the same account on either platform. Yeah. Your standard account, you can have you can have it on either platform. <clears throat> and then, uh, I, either than one of my favorite, uh, uh, you know, benefits with Think Markets with this zero commission, my favorite fee is zero. Um, what are some of the? <laughs> <laughs> what are some? It's of all the, our favorite fees <laughs> that, um, um, that are there uh, uh, with with um, apart from from the spread. And, 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 and how is uh, the swaps calculated? So your, okay, let's start firstly, just maybe with regards to, from a fee point of view, um, we don't charge the, the fees that brokers charge out there. We don't, um, because those fees are actually just money-making fees. You know, you get an admin fee, you get a, a this fee and a that fee and everything else. Look, at the end of the day, if you wanna make money in fees, then uh, you know what? Maybe you shouldn't be a broker and you should be a banker, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, so from our side, from a fee point of view, like there's no withdrawal fee. There's no deposit fee. Um, we actually cover all those fees uh, ourselves. We pay for it. I mean, we have a bank account and obviously we get charged bank fees. We cover those bank fees. Uh, we believe that that's not where we want to make money. We, our, our, our money is in, if you do well in trading, we do well. You know, that's the whole point. Uh, with regards to the swap rate, and maybe we should just uh, give it to South Africans in a bit of a clearer way. When we talk of a swap rate, we talk about the overnight funding rate. Mm -hmm. And that means obviously because you are putting a deposit down like with the CFD share, 
the exposure amount, obviously you're technically borrowing that money because we're the ones who are actually, you know, buying the share when we hedge. So what we do is our overnight funding rates, we are depending on wherever you are in the world, obviously it's linked to that country. So you're in South Africa, we are linked to what we call the Jaibar rate. And our rate is Jaibar plus 1.5% if you are long. Uh, and if you're short, we pay you Jaibar minus 1.5%. So that swap rate is most probably also one of the best rates around. You, uh, I don't think anyone out here in South Africa can actually match those rates. Yeah, from, from what I've seen, the, yeah, the swap rate with thick markets has been quite, quite low. I haven't compared it with too, a lot, but um, from, one, from the few that I've compared with, uh, it was the, the lowest. Mm. Yeah, look, I mean, in uh, Intellidex's recent uh, survey, you know, the stock brokering awards and the likes, um, we were the cheapest in everything. Mm. Yeah, and, uh, and obviously you can't. Awesome, yeah. yeah, and you can't get cheaper than free. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let's just start pay, paying your clients. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, in which case it wouldn't uh, exist much, not for long at least. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. And what 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 is the criteria you guys use to include and exclude some of the equities? Because I've noticed uh, not every, especially mm -hmm. in the uh, low caps, uh, the mid cap and the low uh, the low end of the the market caps uh, is concerned. Yeah. So what we actually have is we've got a very, very good advanced risk team and our, that team's entire job is to monitor all the shares. Now, what we do is we have obviously a set criteria and that criteria is, applies to shares, not just in South Africa, but it applies to it worldwide. Now, what we, what we try and do is we try and make sure that clients have the ability to go long and short in shares. Mm -hmm having in now in order to do that obviously it's a matter as you know with shorting remember when you do a short i've got to go out there and borrow that stock so what we do is we look at on both sides how's the liquidity for both long and short and obviously our limit is the same for both long and short when it comes to shares so we need to make sure that we are able to get that stock on a short point of view so that's one of the first criteria. if we can't we'd rather not offer that share um, the second thing is also is that it's obviously about the volatility and the spread. We don't want our clients to be going into, you know, a lot of the medium cap and small cap shares purely because of the fact that what we're seeing is, is that, you know, the, the trades are far and few between. And if you buying a share, I mean, you know, and the bid is at one rand, but the offer is at 50 cents. Well, there's a very good chance you're going to literally buy that and then I'm going to have to close you out. Yeah. So we also take that into account. So we look at market cap, we look at all the usual things to see who's the big hitters, but we also look at the volume as well as most importantly, what can we borrow on those stocks as well? So that we can, we can always allow our clients to go both long and short. And I mean, I think you've seen that as well. Um, our shorting and our long positions is every single stock we have, you can go both long and short on them. And the other thing is, we also try and, from a risk point of view, we try and manage our risk as best we can so that we can keep our margins low. So all our margins are set at 10%. And as you well aware, I mean, if you go to any broker out there right now, you're going to be paying 10% maybe on NASPERS, but come Sassel, they're going to ask you for like 50, 60% margin. 
And we don't do that. We balance that risk out. So it is a bit of, it does mean that, yes, we're not going to be offering you every single share out there. But at the same time, that's sometimes also a good thing. Yeah, yeah. So you just essentially ensuring that all, all your clients are able to enter and exit positions without um, suffering too much slippage. Yeah, so there's no, there, there, there's no issues. Um, and like I say, we, we can give you both long and shorts. Okay. Um, so now let's, let's talk about your clients a little bit. What are some of the common mistakes that you see your clients make when trading? The most common mistake, and, and it's not just with our with Think Markets clients, the most common mistake I've, I've seen in 15 years is clients, firstly, either they don't put a stop loss in or they do put a stop loss in when they trade, but then they adjust the stop loss continuously. So they'll buy the share at 120 Rand and put a stop loss in of, let's say, 115. Share comes down to 115 Rand, 30 cents. And the next thing that clients go in and they adjust the stop loss from 115 to 110. And that for me has always been the biggest mistake. And I've uh, said it to clients over and over. In fact, just a few weeks ago, I actually had a client who actually just reminded him of doing that. There is most probably one of the most dangerous things to do. So for me, that has always been the biggest mistake, not sticking to what your stop loss is. You put it in there for a reason when you entered the trade, stick to it, step away and let it do its thing. Yeah, and, and, and you know, when, when we talk about, when we talk about uh, uh, common mistakes, whether people, uh, mistakes that uh, they've made themselves, um, widening the stop as the trade is moving against them is one of the common occurrence when, when I'm chatting to different traders. Yeah. I'm very happy if you, if you adjust your stop loss up, you know, if let's say you're long and the share price goes up, then I'm very happy, you know, so it's at 120 Rand, the share is now at 130 Rand, take your stop loss from 115 to maybe 125. That you should be doing. Yeah. yeah. But you should never be doing it any, when, when, the, the movement is going against you, well, then you shouldn't be, uh, you know, playing around with it. Yeah, and, and, and it's, what, what I've noticed, at least with myself as well, is that sometimes you get too aggressive with moving your stop in your direction. Mm. Yeah, look, I mean, we, we all like to think we never are wrong, right? We can <laughs> yeah. only be right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, what, what, how, how do you uh, personally um, think of risk and, and risk management, especially seeing that you are a, a, um, a, a, a more fundamental analysis driven trader? So <clears throat> the way I do it is I, I, I look at it, I look at it a bit differently to the way you, you do or potentially Simon does. I look at my risk per trade. And what I do is I look at saying, you know what, when I'm going into a trade, what is the maximum risk that I'm willing to take on that trade, that particular trade? So <clears throat> to give you a very good, good example, I've got, a, I've got a 5% rule that I use on my stop losses. And I will obviously go in, the minute I go in, whatever price I go into, whether or not the technicals have said whatever, um, whether it's a buy or a long, my stop loss is in at 5%, which means then my worst case scenario is that I will lose 5%. So I've always maintained that there from a risk point of view. From a profit point of view, what I do is I will also take into account the fact that of what before I place that trade, I normally go with the double side, as I call it. So because my stop loss is on a 5% side, I want my win to be on a 10% side. 
So I will take my profits at 10%. And if it doesn't get to that 10% mark, well, I then keep adjusting that stop loss no matter what. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And if I'm happy at seven and a half, eight percent, I will look at my overall portfolio, you know, for my trades for the year. And look, I keep very accurate records of my P&Ls as a percentage of what my capital is so that I know exactly how I'm doing. So if I'm up for the year already 15, 20 percent, for example, what I'll then do is I don't mind the next trade if for any reason I'm not making the 10 percent yet and I'm at about seven and a half percent. I don't mind cashing it in and then looking for the for the alternative trade. Oh, okay, got you. So is it five percent of um, the the asset price or five percent of your account equity? So five percent of the actual price I'm going in at. Oh, okay, cool. So if it goes, so if it's at a hundred rand, you... yeah. If the share price is at a hundred rand, for argument's sake or whichever it is, if it's at a hundred rand, five percent of that, I will then immediately put a stop loss in. And then how much of your own capital do you put at risk per trade? My own capital. <laughs> so uh, unlike, uh, so if I've got in my trading account, what is in my trading account, I'll put the whole amount in on trade if I have to. Uh, if I'm very, very confident, I always, I literally weigh up my own personal confidence, if I can put it that way. So I go in, if it's on a 10,000 Rand basis, I will go in on the full 10. I will not, I'm not a person who trades in like you, you know, I, like I said, you just shocked me with your trading uh, and it's brilliant. I won't lie. I wish I had the time to do it. Um, but what I do is I go in on a single share or a single, one single trade. I will take what, what capital I have. I'll put literally, I try and normally go in at about 90% so that at least I have a bit of 10% of leeway in it but 90% of my capital I'll actually put in on a trade. Whoa, that's, uh, that's, <laughs> I scares you, doesn't it? I, yeah, I wouldn't have survived <laughs> trading that. <laughs> Cause that's quite, that's quite a lot. And then when, when, when will you, when you find yourself in a losing trade, do you then refund the account? Um, what I do is no, I do not refund my account. So what I do is that's the reason why look, I'm going in at 90%, but the whole point is, is that I've got only 5% leeway. So when I get knocked out on that 5%, I'm out. Okay. Oh. So I'm left with, I'm left with literally. So from hundred percent of my capital, I'm left with 95%. Okay. The only time I will then look at topping up my, my trading capital is what is basically once something else has filtered through. So just to explain to you, I talk, when I, when I talk to people, I talk to people about wealth creation and I talk about it being a trifecta. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and what I mean by that is there are three things that contribute to wealth creation. There is savings, there's investing and there's trading. And those three circles are the most important, but it's how you contribute to each one. So if you, for example, you want to create, you want capital in your trading account to be at say 5,000 Rand, but you've only got 500 Rand a month that you can put towards it. Um, you, if you keep just putting 500 Rand towards your trading capital, yes, in 10 months, that capital is fine, but then your savings side isn't, and then your investment side isn't. Okay? Uh, gotcha. So it's a matter of how you're contributing to each one to making it, obviously your investment side, just you're going to contribute continuously. It never stops but on the trading side, get to a certain point where you're happy. And then you can always use, and, and this is what I always tell people is, if your savings is looking good, 
So for example, I always say keep three months of your salary because you never know what's going to happen right? Mm -hmm. in cash. So if you've got three months of salary and you know what, and your investments are doing good, well, now you can start whatever money you've got on the side. Now you can increase that trading capital. That's the time you start increasing it. You don't increase your trading capital just because you're losing money. Yeah, that's the, probably you know, the you, worst way of <laughs> adding money to exa your account. Exactly. What you should be doing is you're saying, right, my investments are looking good. You know what? I'm contributing every month X amount towards it and I'm buying and my portfolio is really growing nicely and everything else. Okay, what I'll do this month is when I get dividends, maybe paid on whatever share I own, I'm going to take that dividends, that cash, and I'm going to move it across to my trading account. Mm -hmm. I don't need to reinvest in, in the shares. So that is exactly how I work it. If my savings is sitting good, my investments is sitting good, then I can start looking at topping up on my trading. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I've noticed that you guys also recently added um, uh, fractions into into the equity into into the, into the equity. Meaning, I can now buy mm. one point five shares of Nerfs, Nerfs, uh, <laughs> whatever the case is. Is there the the lower end uh, minimum to it? Like, what's the minimum I could do? Because I haven't tried the min uh, the current. Uh, so it it varies on different shares, but uh, so so you can start at point one. Uh, but it does vary on the on the different shares. So uh, the only way I can do it to tell you is, it's a long list of shares. I mean, around the world. So there's more than a thousand five hundred of them. So what I always tell anybody is, when you're ready to trade, put it in. Try and see if you can do the point one. You should be able to. Then you know what's the minimum. Um, but it does vary on certain shares. Okay, gotcha. But from point one, from point one, you can do. Got you. Yeah, and, and uh, I'll, I'll put the, the link to where you can find all the, the listed shares that are trading on the Think Markets platform as well and how you could sign up and that sort of thing. Mm. Um, before we close, is there anything that you would like to add uh, or any book recommendations that you would like to, to, to give our listeners? I actually do have something to recommend. Um, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to recommend any books or anything else out there. I always say people will find the most interesting books quite easily. Uh, that's what we have Google for. But um, the one thing I will recommend is, which Google will not tell you, before you start trading, please, I beg of you, start understanding how investing works. If you can get yourself to understand investing, you'll be, and you are starting with, and you start out investing, trading will come so much easier to you and you will find your trading is going to be very, very successful. And I'll give you a little insight for, for your listeners as well, is that at Think Markets, we are going to be launching investing very, very soon. We're hoping to have it up before the end of the year where you can literally invest in all the shares and exchange traded funds that are listed on the JSE. And then we will be adding the rest of the world as well to that. But we are going to do the same thing we've done with trading. We are going to make sure that you as a client are going to get such fantastic value. It's going to be scary. The fees are going to be so low. It's scary. Um, yeah. So get ready for it. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Mm. Cool, cool. And you better be one of our first clients investing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll, I'll sweep in some of the profits, move it into the investment pro uh, portfolio. Yes, and just remember, you're showing us your profit. So uh, I'm going to be picking up the phone and saying, uh, Njabula, where's that? I see there's, <laughs> there's a couple of profits here on this trade. 
I'm not seeing it in the investment account. Come on, let's move it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Red Run Man, thank you. Thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate it. Um, join us tonight as we are, as you are listening. Uh, we're doing a, a Think Markets a webinar with Think Markets every Wednesday, 5.30 evenings. Yeah. Um, tonight I'll be with, uh, without Simon Brown. I'll be uh, by myself. Uh, but yeah, um, and join us. Uh, remember to subscribe on the villagetrader.co.za to, to ensure that you are, you're not missing out on any on podcasts, uh, emails, and articles that we publish on our, on our website. And also subscribe on your favorite podcatcher on Google, Spotify, basically any decent podcatcher. Um, thank you, man. Check you next time on the Village Trader. Pleasure. No, Cheers. thank you so very much. And good luck with everything. Just a quick announcement before we close the show. Next week, we won't have an episode. I'm out on leave, taking a break. Um, yeah, we'll, check, we'll be back uh, the following week with regular programming. Um, cheers, man. See you next in a couple of weeks. Thank you.